2: Live from Estopan all In. It's the Bamos Morados Podcast. Powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to the Bamos Morados Podcast on the State of Louisville Podcast Network. The only Louisville City and Racing Louisville Podcast hosted by me and Benton. I am Zach. Actually, accurate. I am. <laughs> um, I'm joined with Ben. Ben, how you doing? I think we're feeling. We're feeling good. We're feeling loose this week.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You you saw me. We after got that a fourth goal. I'm still feeling that. We did. We did. I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing fantastic, and I'm excited. You know, I, I had my doubts that we would be here about the uh, talking about our ninth straight trip to the Eastern Conference Finals, but. Here we are. It's exciting.
2: About three quarters of the way through the season, I had made a a personal move to just accept that this was the year the streak ended. That the, the streak was great. It went on longer than anyone could have expected it to. And this was the year that it was going to end, and I was okay with that. But the the soccer gods would not let that happen. They had everything fall into place for them this playoffs. I whoever whoever sold their soul nine years ago or whichever wix which did the incantation deserves a race.
3: I I maintained my optimism till like the last few games, and I should have held out just a little bit longer because things have certainly turned a corner at the right time. But Zach, before we get into talking about the match. I got to know which spooky season movie you've been watching cuz I know that's uh, what you're into.
2: The best of the ba- a bunch, the best of the bunch was this week. Uh this week was Army of Darkness which I especially after some especially after this watch of it is got to be one of my favorite movies of all time. I I would change absolutely nothing about that movie. It might be a perfect movie. Uh every Every second of that movie makes me laugh.
3: <laughs> it's it's such a like bizarre unique movie. I absolutely love it. I just can't see something like it being made today and I think that's part of what makes it special.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's hilarious uh and it it's quite good still. I I the my big takeaway from on this watch cuz I I had recently rewatched Lord of the Rings is I could not believe how many similarities there are between the big final battle sequence in Army of Darkness and the Battle of Helms Deep in Lord of the Rings. I know Peter Jackson is a big Same Right Me fan. If anyone... This this would have been a good spooky season movie, but I didn't watch it this year. But he made a movie called Brain Dead or Dead Alive. It has two different titles because I think it got released under different titles in different places. But uh, it's an early, early Peter Jackson movie. Uh, I think it might be his first, like, actual movie he made. Uh, and it is it is great, and it has like an Evil Dead 2 vibe to it. It's really over-the-top comedy. So I, I would have to think that a lot of the similarities between the Helm's Deep battle and the end of Army of Darkness are probably not a coincidence.
3: I'm, I don't want to look that up because I just want it to be factually accurate. So I'm going to say Helm's Deep was inspired by... Uh... <laughs> by the end of army of darkness now they, even, they do that. the whole
2: thing where the archers are on top of the wall and they're like hold hold and like all the skeletons have assembled and it like uh it does the thing where the camera kind of follows like one specific random bad guy around as the bad guy army is lining up uh and they're trying to stop the the main one as they're making their charge for the door and yeah it's just like it's a lot of, a lot of similarities
3: you know what? I think I'm going to watch that tomorrow night. Like, with how cold it is, I really don't think I'm going to get many trick-or-treaters. For those of you listening, we're recording the day before Halloween on Monday. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to have to cue that one up and, and watch it again. It's been a been a long time. Oh, so I appreciate, I appreciate you reminding me over these past few weeks about it. It's been lurking in the back of my head, but now it's the time to pull the trigger.
2: It strikes the perfect balance between Ash being cool, but also being the... <laughs> the butt of the joke like he he is from moment to moment sometimes very cool and sometimes like a huge dork that that, that is like getting the rug pulled out from under him uh it's it's great and
3: yeah, he's kind of a dummy but a, like a a lovable idiot
2: <laughs> cuz i really love yeah that when the movie starts out like he falls out of the sky and and gets captured by the medieval dudes and they're they're escorting him back into the, the town and he's just being real cool and sarcastic about it. The every time somebody talks to him, he has like a witty whip for him until the moment where it's his turn to get kicked into the pit with the monster in it, and suddenly all that drops. And he's like, Whoa, 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 you gotta tell these guys you don't know me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but one fun fact I we gotta share, I gotta share before we move on is that the um the car, and I'm sure you know this. Is in every one of Sam Raimi's film that like what would I I forget what model of car it is like a Cavalier some like some shitty car like he's worked it into every uh, single film. It's An Oldsmobile,
2: it, but yeah, it's the the funniest one is uh, apparently The Quick and the Dead. They they built like a uh old timey Western cart around it because yeah. that's the hardest one to work it into because you can't really have an Oldsmobile show up in a.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's even in I like the newest like Doctor Strange movie.
2: It's even in some, oh, it's in some non-Sam Raimi movies, too. I, I think I remember, oh, it shows up. Oh, I'm going to say the wrong movie. It's in, like, The Matrix or something. It, it shows up in some uh, in, in some non-Raimi movies, too, which is funny.
3: No. Fun uh, fact, if you ever watch a Sam Raimi film.
2: Yep, it's a good one. Watch out for the car. It has a uh, fairly big, I think, Spider-Man 2. It's in one of the chase scenes but he like he, he like careens off the hood of it Ah, uh, ben i mean we're both into army of darkness but what are you into other than that this week
3: the last like last week i'm still into my kick of trying to establish a healthier relationship with social media my phone just technology in general and one thing i'm struggling with i'm finding is i found a lot of like coping things i put a barrier up in one regard and then i kind of like mentally like in another and i'm doing pretty good overall getting better about this but the one thing i'm having a hard time shaking is uh watching just like random youtube stuff and the reason being is that city skyline 2 just recently came out and i just can't stop watching videos on it just because i just really love watching that game and shout out this old gamer Yeah, yeah yeah john does that i forgot about that
2: john uh john streams city skylines
3: but it's, it's, it's like such a fun game. And I just really enjoy like watching the cities and stuff come together in these YouTube videos. And it's just one of the things like, why am I watching this? And I'm like, I can't stop. So that's like, that's my, the one thing I'm having real trouble shaking. My, just...
2: my big YouTube, my big YouTube thing is I, I, I pick a new skill I want to learn and then watch way too much stuff about it. Uh, so <laughs> that's like one week I'll be into repairing vintage watches. And then, then I'll be into, <laughs> planting uh wildflower meadow in the backyard. And I just am constantly looking up how to videos on YouTube.
3: Oh yeah. I, I I do that a lot too, but I'm, I've been better about like not doing that stuff as much. But again, the fact that city skylines two just recently came out, I'm like, Oh man, I gotta, like I learned about this game. I'm you know probably, I'm not going to get it and buy it. Cause then that's going to be more time for me on the computer, but I can, I can get the dopamine from watching other people play it a little bit and just learning about the game. So. So that's what I'm into watching people play a, a builder game. I'm a really exciting person if you couldn't tell.
2: <laughs> I feel like I gotta stay away from City Sidelines because I would get too into City Skylines. No, I have it's, too it's many fantastic. opinions about uh city design. I
3: could see you losing a lot of time to it. So just <laughs> just just steer clear for your own health.
2: All right, Ben you wanna for once we're in a rush to talk about the game. This week,
3: I think I'm excited.
2: Oh, oh, Ben, that felt like a last year game.
3: This it, is it, what it used to feel like to watch this team. It did. It it, it really feel like things have, have come together, like at the last possible moment, but also at the best possible time as well. Um, I I knew that we were a better team than Detroit. And I was saying this like going into the facility. I think I even said it to you because we watched the match together like beforehand. What I said beforehand is that this match, Louisville city versus Detroit city will be determined based solely off of Louisville city. They will determine the outcome simply by playing well and doing what they should do or playing poorly and just kind of giving the game away. Detroit was not going to be the, the major influence in that, that I was, I was thoroughly convinced of, Um, you know, and I knew it could go one way or another. I knew we were better than Detroit, but at the same time, I knew I had to, you know, we had to respect them. Like it's anybody can win on any given day. Yeah. I didn't I didn't see like a basically a, a, a total blowout like this happening before. And I am so thrilled that it finally happened when we broke that three goal barrier. Oh, well, not so only good. was that like one of the sexiest goals yet, but uh, but just hidden, you know, just getting above three. Finally, this season really just got me pumped up.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I think my my take before the game started, as I said, if Louisville scores, they win. I thought it it was either going to be a a zero zero game to go to penalty kicks or Louisville was go- Which so technically I was right. I was not expecting them to score four, but it was a shutout.
3: and I'm and I'm glad it happened in in regulation too. I was I was I was kind of feeling that I didn't have any sort of a good indication. I'm like I think this this game's going to get resolved in, in regulation time. I don't think it gets drug out to to extra time or PKs. Like I think one way or another, either we'll get the job done or we're just going to totally botch it in, I, the, in the season end.
2: I was all I, I I I was all in on the magic of the the streak cannot be broken no no matter what it is it is an unbreakable streak they will make the Eastern Conference Finals forever until I die so <laughs> just never never in doubt
3: yeah well, I, well like I mentioned earlier I was I was start I was starting to get pessimistic it was like those last few games like you know like New Mexico and Tampa Bay and I, and it was finally hitting me like I was trying to be like just like trudge forward with this like optimism that like, they'll figure it out anything can happen blah 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 but by by the time the end of the regular season happened i was feeling i was feeling pretty doubtful you know my friends are trying to do like other non-soccer stuff with me i'm like well you know i got like one more week of soccer and then i can i can do some <laughs> of these things my one friend really wants to go camping with me he's like he's like did little city lose this weekend i'm like no they won and he was he was not happy we'll go camping to in camping in charleston <laughs> yeah yeah so um
2: I'm sure they got a campsite in Charleston
3: but yeah I mean here I am um uh, going to be flying out to Charleston uh and if you asked me this like several weeks ago <laughs> probably would have laughed at you but but I, I'm, I'm I'm just I'm, I'm thrilled we're in the spot oh. that that we are it feels like momentum is is firmly behind us unlike it had been at any other point this season and again best possible timing for that
2: Hopefully you booked a flight that lands plenty of time before the game.
3: Yeah, dude, yeah, the flight selection kind of sucked for uh for this one. So like, well, and also only...
2: every time we've had to fly anywhere in the last year, it's been an, a nightmare of stuff getting canceled and pushed back.
3: Yeah, I'm knock on wood, man. That's that that scares the hell out of me. But uh, I mean, the flight selection kind of sucks for this one. When I went and looked, I booked it actually that night. Um, there was only one direct flight and it, it you got in Saturday night, like when the game was going on, I'm like, all right, that's not an option. So no, I I'm, work. yeah. I'm, uh, so I got, I got a layover each way, but um, I'm flying out on Saturday morning and I'll come back Sunday evening. So I tried to give myself plenty of time. If there's like delays or whatnot, I theoretically should be able to make it in in time. My my hotel and stuff's like kind of right, right by the, uh, where the, where the matches can be played. So here, here's to hoping everything goes smoothly, but uh, it should be a short stay in Charleston for me. a Nice, efficient um, stay like, but uh, again, catching the matches. The, the only thing I care about. I mean, I've seen this The city's really cool. If you have more time, you should cert- certainly check it out, but I, I've been there before. So I didn't feel really as much time. Yeah. I thought about going in Friday and I'm like, oh, that'd be that much more like with a hotel and stuff. So I'm rolling the dice going Saturday morning, but uh, again, there should theoretically be p- plenty of buffer. If there are any sort of, Delays are issues, but knock on what I generally have pretty good luck on that front.
2: Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. You know what do you know what the best part about that being a four-nothing win was? It was that completely cause there was some there was some rumbling and some grumbling online early in that game when Louisville first took the lead. That the that the refs were handing it to Louisville, that it was all the rest. And they absolutely put as much distance as they could between them and that being any sort of excuse by the time the game was over.
3: You saw this, but every time we scored, I went and I was just staring eyes wide open down at the at We the were only section. one section
2: away from the Detroit section. I was just
3: staring them down.
2: Was, wait, all right. So we're we're complaining. I got to pause for a second to shout out. They brought like a full section of people oh, which is awesome I, that's I what you that. want you know, for a great. playoff game
3: it's great uh, fantastic i love
2: it and uh uh they came and did uh did the cookout uh before the game i i, I <laughs> my mind is blanked i forgot what you call that tailgate <laughs> tailgate there we go <laughs> it's a truck thing i hate trucks so we need a non-truck name for that uh <laughs> they came and did the tailgate they're like a real good group of fans that uh, the coopers i know always enjoy hanging out with before games that they have like a solid core that comes down for most of the away games so i think shout out to to the the fans that traveled i got a compliment on my jacket from a detroit fan at at halftime so uh we they're they're annoying and we don't like their signs and they threw streamers on the field but we love that they travel so well (laughs)
3: I, I totally agree with that. Credit where credits do. They're some of the most passionate in the league. They travel like like I expected that they would. So they do a lot of positive, but at the same time, they're incredibly annoying, immature, want to be the heels, blah blah blah. So I was truly relishing in their uh, in their pain.
2: But I, I will say, the league needs at least one fan base that is annoying in the way that they are. It's <laughs> it's more fun to have one of them.
3: Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree, but the, you know, if again, you have a league
2: where everyone's them, that's a nightmare. Yeah, but one of them is the perfect amount.
3: But like of all teams, like I, I, I feel particularly good that that them that we absolutely blew up. You know, like it'd be <laughs> one thing to do that to like Indy, another for like somebody like like Tampa, like that'd be pretty cool, right? Like or um or even Charleston, but like Detroit, like that just I I, I appreciate the hell out we of that. We don't get. So.
2: We don't get the opportunity this year, but I would rather hang that loss on Tampa if if we had a choice of who it happens to.
3: No, I I, I get it, but I, I'm I'm not I'm not too mad that it was Detroit though. Like like from a strategy like standpoint, like sure, if you could pick one blowout win, like of course you want it to be like one of your biggest like competitive rivals. No,
2: I just mean that would feel the best.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that would be more unexpected. Like Detroit, we know isn't like they they snuck into the playoffs, right? Like they weren't like they have a high good seat. defense
2: though. Hanging four on Detroit is not a
3: small oh, task. I know. Oh yeah, I I agree, I agree with you on that. But like also at the same time, we can still say they're not a great team. Their defense, like Kepa thinks, because their offense is almost non-existent.
2: I, I was confident that either that game was zero zero or Louisville City won it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I'm looking at the XG visual right now, and again, like you know, grain of salt with a, on a one-game basis. But the visual usually tells a pretty good like story. Like like that first half, they did absolutely nothing offensively, and you know we got we got two goals on there. The second half, they kind of came back in the picture a little bit, but man, like not not nearly enough. So it's just what a great game, what, what a fun game. Should we should we talk through the goals? Should we go through them one let's by
2: talk one? Talk them out. Let's, let's let's walk
3: through them. That first one that PK earned pretty clear, right? Clear.
2: Yep. Uh, honestly, I, I think I turned to you in the game. I was like, I think that was a, that was a smart move from the Detroit defender. Cause that was probably for sure. A goal had only gotten one more step in. So
3: and you might've seen this on social media, but it was, uh, Michael Bryant was the one who did it. He's, he's the one that's got the mustache, his brother. During the last time we played them, was was tweeting out shit about Brian Ombi, and Little City tucked that one in their back pocket. So then after the game, realizing that it was him, Michael Bryan was the one who conceded the goal to Brian Ombi, or the peak. I should say. They came back and 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 got him on Twitter. So I I, I, wait, I, I, I feel like
2: we got we got. Not only was he was he talking smack, he was doing it in the most annoying fan way possible, which is he only referred to him as his number, not his name. Which is like, man, if you're gonna talk trash, use the name, not the number. Numbers for the refs.
1: Yeah.
3: So um, that one came full cir- full circle. So that was that uh, was a delight. Appreciate that one. But yeah, um, PK pretty clear. Cam's never gonna miss those. Cam's also always gonna take those when he's on the field. We were talking. We were talking about that if somebody else tried to take it with him on the field.
2: <laughs> we were talking about if <laughs> if Tosh attempted to take one while camp was on the field i think it would actually start a fist fight
0: he's he's
3: an emotional guy you just you just gotta let him have it because if he scores you know it's going to feed into that positive uh momentum that he has going in it and it certainly did that so but yeah i'm glad we have good pk takers on our team
2: yeah we're uh, embarrassment of riches for pks mm-hmm. i think i saw tosh and cam are both in like the top five uh it's like pk percentage with over five taken or something like that uh <laughs> yeah
3: now the uh second goal that one was a, a goofy one very much a a pinball sequence which i appreciate the symmetry with our our third kit and it kind of had that pinball like uh mag bar theme what was what, the bar with that the pinball machines Zansbar. that they had in Z-bar. the promo the z bar yeah so, Love know, that, that, Big Z-Bar fan
2: here Here in the Allen Kelly household.
3: That was, that was the connection I made in my head when I saw it bouncing around like that. I um, saw
2: that promo was like, I should have gone there and challenged all the guys to pinball games because that's a thing I could actually beat them at. It's yeah. one of the few things.
3: Take what you can get.
2: <laughs> Talk I, trash, I, and then it turns out Brian Obie's like a high-level pinball player and kicks my butt. <laughs>
3: the pinball wizard.
2: I mean, he was in this game.
3: Yeah. I... I'm really happy that we got that second goal before before halftime because I think that like one nilly like you're happy, but like there's still work to do. Two nilly like you're feeling a bit more comfortable. You're in the driver's seat. They're the ones scrambling a little bit, and at that point, they had already made one substitution, which was you know very not ideal for them. So they were things were not going their way in on yeah. multiple fronts
2: they are not a team built to play from behind they are a team built to pack it in and make it tough to score and maybe get a goal on the break sometimes they they are not set up to be able to play with a two goal deficit
3: but yeah the I mean the last two goals those happening in rapid succession oh that really got the that really got the blood flow and the adrenaline pump in getting number three and four cam with a little, little little body uh body poke of the just did it it. in yep
2: oh another great setup for mumby
3: yeah Uh, I mean they were
2: just worked worked one-on-one down the sideline to get that pass off put it in the perfect spot right over the keeper's hands
3: yeah they were They again they were firing on all cylinders and then Jorge's go I went I went back and rewatched that one was cutting the the gifts for my my write-up piece yeah, man i i kept i kept watching that one like on repeat just like just that like the, oh, the fancy ball work.
2: Feet. oh yeah
3: so good so good like that's that's we expect to see more of that of jorge and we've, we've talked about how unlucky he's been before with with not getting as many goals as he have but so i'm glad when when he did get this one it had, it had a bit of flair to it as well so
2: he put those that's giant good. muscular legs to use
3: Oh, yeah, we were commenting on it. He's got, like, tree trunk for legs. Thick as hell.
2: He has the legs of a man who's been in lower body rehab for, like, two sixes straight.
3: Well, I know what he squats.
2: A lot of squats.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um... Zach, any other moments that we that are, that are worth bringing up within this match beyond our, our goals and just kind of really complete domination?
2: Omby redeemed himself... From that, that play in the first half. I couldn't remember how he got so open. And it was a Detroit player. It was a long ball uh, that got headed like straight up in the air. And then two Detroit players kind of miscommunicated and both went up for it at the same time. And it and accidentally headed it backwards to Ombi all by himself, <laughs> which is him and the keeper. And then, like, he had, he had a chance to take an early shot. Like, take one touch and, and shoot it. And then... He just sort of, he dribbled to try to fake out the keeper and a defender came. And so he cut back onto his left foot and juked the defender and had a chance right there to take it. And then also passed that one up. And then like three more defenders came and he tried to just like chip it over a whole box full of Detroit players. Uh, Had it not been a four nothing game, I would have been more angry about that. He, he was the player of the match for me. So it's hard to be too mad. It's like, "You you got to take the shot.
3: I don't know why I we were talking last week.
2: That. When you get the shot, take the
3: shot. I just think sometimes in those moments you get too like you overthink it, and all of a sudden that that moment's passed. And I think it even happens to somebody's experiences, Omi. But yeah, I, I I totally forgot about that one. But that one was. If it yeah, like you said, if it wasn't that like if it didn't finish four 0 like we we would have been really focusing back on, on that particular <laughs> moment. But it ended up being a bunch uh, a big nothing burger. But I can't I think remember. It goes to,
2: they were either up one or up two when that happened. But it was it was the first half. So
3: I think it was one. I think it was in, in the first half, but before his before uh, his actual goal. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad it didn't mean anything in the at the end of the day. But it, it just shows how how potent our offense was on the night or the attack. Like even if they weren't like. Even if it wasn't a shoot like a good shooting opportunity. I mean, like just creating a lot of danger and a lot of reason for, for the Detroit fans to be pale and quiet in their seats.
2: Another super solid game at central midfield uh from Carlos. Uh, I I really like that lineup with him playing the eight instead of the six.
3: Yep. Especially with Tyler Gibson behind him. I just you just yep. you just feel a lot of safety with with Tyler getting to really just focus and play cleanup like that.
2: We got to see the three, four, three for a little bit in the second half, finally getting a, enough players healthy to switch back to that for, for a little bit, at least.
3: Yeah. We're, we're in a pretty good spot. Health wise, all things considered, you know, it's um, you, you got the same guys who've been out all season, Jordan Scarlet and, and Kyle Morton and then Amadou Diaz kind of an upgrade to, to questionable. So, I mean, besides that, like you, you Coach Cruises has his full selection of his team which is which is pretty fantastic considering this time last year it was a it was a very different picture there's a lot of injuries and just nagging problems going on with the with the roster.
2: Want to cut to break and then come back talk about next round matchup maybe cover some news.
3: Yeah, we'll do that. See you guys on the other side of the break.
2: Welcome back to Almost Broughtos Podcast. I'm still Zach, still here with Ben. Ben, we we are alive. We are playing another round of the playoffs. We are back in the Eastern Conference Finals again, like every year. How are you feeling about this matchup against Charleston? You're going to be there to I'm, see it in person.
3: I'm excited that I'll be attending the ninth annual annual Louisville City Conference Finals where the winner gets to go to the the actual finals. I just love how Louisville City has been a participant in every year. Like, just really wrap your mind around that number. Nine straight years, every year of our existence.
2: Completely unbelievable. <laughs>
3: like, it's... I don't, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know we appreciate the, it as much as, as much as we should. Like, it's just unreal.
2: I think the most unreal part of that, this really is the first year where they should not have been in the Instagram that was based on the playoff seed. I think every other year they they've they've been in the playoffs where it's like if everything goes chalk they should make it there. Uh, this is the first year they've actually had to like do some upsets to make it there, which is insane for a streak that long.
3: Yeah, it it feels like the most um, improbable of runs. But as we, I think we said like ad nauseum all year, like we know what this team can do. Like it's largely the same team as last year. And that was like the big, like the most baffling thing about how the season kind of panned out. Like yeah. we just never really seemed to have got it going or found that same gear from last season.
2: A 40 goal difference in goal differential from last year to, the, to this year with with mostly the same roster, completely
3: it's, insane turnaround. Yeah, and it just goes to show, I mean, like what, like, like a little bit of like an off mentality can have like injuries, like just like just a lot of little things. It just shows the volatility uh, uh, of what's going on. But again, they're, they're clicking at the exact perfect time. And next up is, is Charleston. And I mean, it's going to be a tough match, but like, I don't see any reason why we can't do it. Like are Charleston, the favorites probably slightly, but I think it's probably pretty damn close.
2: I mean, they're the three seed. So not, not like super duper far ahead of Louisville as far as how they finished in the table this season. Yeah,
3: and, and, and C doesn't even re- really, really matter. Like these are two like really like closely contested teams, both times, both, get, that both they,
2: times the teams played this season were yeah. draws.
3: Yeah. And I mean, the one, like the one at Louisville we'll City kind of ended a little weird at the end with some of the officiating stuff. We might've got away with one, but like, that's how thin the margins are. So that's why I'm thinking to myself, like, why why not? Like there's there's no reason why they can't go out there and, and beat Charleston.
2: Yep. Their no, home record no was reason. nine, three and five this season, which is good, but not that's not unbeatable. Like they have they won nine games and eight games were a loss or a draw at home. So like 50-50 going to PKs or or, or winning outright, basically. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if Louisville plays the way they played the last game, then they could beat anybody on the road,
3: right? Yeah, and I mean Charleston. They, I mean, they've had a a good run to this point. This demolished Indy, got a win over the Birmingham Legion, which again, I I think they're they're better than their record reflects and then their seating um, reflects. But they uh, they got the win there, and now they get uh, get a rematch against. Louisville city, a team, which they failed to beat. So they're going to have a little bit of motivation there. Meanwhile, oh, we come
2: in this season. Who's a solid coach.
3: Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's done really well. You know, Memphis was a, was a problem under him. He goes to Charleston, immediately turns them into a problem. So, you know, credit where credit's due. He's, he's certainly doing the right things, but, uh, but now, you know, now we'll find out like, we're at least, I think we'll really find out what this like Louisville city is. Team is about like can they keep it keep this stuff going? Like it's one thing to beat Memphis. Like I, I'd argue we were still probably the the better team despite not getting the the home field being the lower seed than them. You know we beat Detroit, lower seed. I, I feel comfortable that we're we're better than them. But I think this uh, the battery one will will be a lot closer because if we if we beat beat the battery, like I'm going to feel really good going in the finals. No matter who it is, whether it's Sacramento or. Or Phoenix, hopefully it's Phoenix, because that means we'll get a we would get a home final in that theoretical example. Home
2: Final hopes are still alive. Thank you, Western
3: Conference. Yeah, yeah, that would uh, that's another unlikely run on that side. But yeah, I mean, despite what Sacramento did to us earlier in the year, if we if we if we beat Charleston, like I'll, I'll be feeling pretty optimistic. Like, I, I, I again, oh, like yeah. wh- why not?
2: especially if if it's another convincing win like this last one, then you feel like, Oh, they, they finally put it together. They finally recaptured the mojo from last season.
3: I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't think this one's going to be, be any sort of blowout. Like, I think it's going to be real, real thin margins here. Like, like one nil type of game, extra time situation. I, I don't, I, it's not going to be a, any sort of walk in the park, but, uh, but if Louisville City, like if they if they showed up like dialed in like they have been for the for the playoffs thus far, uh, I'm I'm feeling good. I wouldn't be if I wouldn't be going to Charleston if I wasn't. I like their chances.
2: And, you know, it's an away game, so there's always a little, you know, a mm-hmm. little bit goes to the home team there. But it's definitely <laughs> not as bad as it could be
3: yeah I don't think there's gonna be as much of an atmosphere component for them they're They're one of those teams that just' doesn't, doesn't seem to have like a a thriving fan base behind it. So
2: and they just moved stadiums so they're not yeah. playing where they've played in years past
3: i I honestly think that we'll have a a compare uh, not maybe not comparable amount of fans traveling there, but like a non insignificant proportion of the of the total fans in attendance, I think we will be we be wearing purple. so. I I think even like little things like that will probably help a lot. So I don't know what Zach what are you, what are, I guess kind of what what are you thinking as far as like do you have any sort of prediction of of what's going to go down what what a what a key factor might be between these two?
2: The ten hour drive, but you do get to pass the buckies in a. <laughs> he's thinking about it Zach's thinking about it uh you know any any excuse to go to Bucky's uh <laughs> i uh like I said i like their I like their chances. I don't think they're like outright favorites or anything, but i I think they have a very good shot and man if they if they win another road game in the playoffs, gotta feel real good about that final,
3: yeah. Yeah, man. I would, I would love to see Lynn family stadium host a final. That'd be, I mean, that'd be absolutely terrific. You, you, you'd think we'd have, yeah, we had Lynn tennis family, tennis
2: family stadium host a final, just not with a Louisville team in it.
3: You know what I mean? They don't, they don't count. I was a, there. A I got all. to see
2: the NWSL championship game at Lynn. So it has hosted a final.
3: But like, just... I, I, it would definitely be a attendance record. You'd have to thank, right? Like, people people show up for that stuff i have Shirts. wondered
2: just the way the stadium is set up it looks like there are some areas where there clearly is space for temporary seating that definitely to my eyes as just a person who likes design and architecture and stuff it looks like purposely there's some spots where you could slide temporary seating in that i feel like are not a coincidence so i i am curious if they were to host a final, if if they would add any extra seats in, or if if it would just pack out the way they have it,
3: I, I think it'd just be standing room. I don't yeah. think they'd add in an extra seating, but hey, we might get a chance to find out.
2: Because you got on on each side of the the big screen in the waterfront end, it looks like you have a a very a very easy spot to put some temporary bleachers if you needed to expand the seating. So I'm I'm curious.
3: Hopefully, we get an opportunity to find out. We will see. So
2: we uh, um, are <laughs> we are all Phoenix fans this weekend. Let's
3: <laughs> well, run it back for twenty eighteen, huh?
2: No uh, by this time.
3: Yeah, but I mean, win or lose, I, I'm I'm happy with with how this team has has come out in the playoffs. Their performance here in this playoffs, I think, has helped a lot of people forget the ups and the, or uh, not even say uh, the the downs of, of the regular season. I mean, in the grand scheme of theme, uh, things was their season really that bad. I mean, not really to our standards. It it certainly felt it was feeling pretty bad for a while, but I think this, this playoff run is certainly doing a lot to kind of redeem for that and kind of re elevate this team status when you're comparing them to, to teams of your past. So we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out in the end of the day
2: does feel like they've hit the playing with house money post- portion of the playoffs. It's like, uh, I think, like you said, win or lose you're happy with how the playoffs
3: turned out for them. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, you, we hit the kind of like the the barometer we kind of like expect for little state teams to make the Eastern conference finals. And if and the fact that it was so improbable, I think it makes it that much more rewarding, you know, and I, I, I don't know if I've made this comparison before, like the uh, UK basketball, their 2014 team, like nobody was expecting a lot for them when the March Madness came around, but then all of a sudden they came marching to the finals. And that was probably one of the more fun fun ones to watch because we we just weren't expecting it. We're kind of pessimistic about things. It feels
2: so Mm -hmm. much better when it's a little bit of a surprise. When when you're expected to make the final, there's just like a dread that goes into every game where you're just like, don't screw it up. It's it's all on you. Don't screw it up. And and there's something freeing about like, hey, win or or lose, I'm happy. So,
3: yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah, I completely agree. So, again, like I I just after everything's all all done, I'm, I'm I'm eager to kind of mull it over my head, like where this team ranks amongst the others i can just kind of like kind of gauge them at least just just kind of roughly because for a while there you'd you'd say they're comfortably below any of our other teams but it's a little more more debatable now
2: well not now we'll see how this weekend goes because all the other teams did make it this far as well (laughs) so
3: yeah well what i'm saying before is it was like comfortable like oh this is for sure our, our worst team ever but now like now that they've made it here it's it's closed that gap a bit with potential for that to be closed even further. Yeah. Does that make sense? And I
2: wouldn't even go so far as to say worst team. I think it's the worst season that they've had.
3: Yeah. That's, that's a better way of putting it. That's yeah. that's what I the mean. more yeah.
2: diplomatic way to put it.
3: Yeah. I mean, talent wise, I think, yeah, this, we have an abundance like we did last year. Just weird things happen.
2: Yeah. Worst results they've had.
3: Yeah. So
2: in the regular season.
3: All right. We've rambled on long enough about this. Let's talk about some news, right? Because uh, yep. there's some big news that dropped after our last episode.
2: Some big and very not surprising news.
3: <laughs> yeah. Kim <gasps> bjorka is out. He's no longer the head coach of racing Louisville. And i uh, not going to like celebrate somebody losing their job, but it was, I think, the right move ultimately for the team. I didn't yep. have a lot of confidence that he was going to be the guy.
2: It never, it never quite felt like he was the guy. It just seemed like he was never really able. One, it seemed like he was never really able to connect with like the team and the fan base. And then two, it felt to me like he was never able to really figure out the league. So I think he was a very good coach in Europe under, I think, a much different circumstances as far as the way the game goes and what it takes to be a good team coached in the Swedish league and in the in Cyprus where you have a couple teams that are just loaded and have all of the talent and they sort of dominate their leagues then you go play in the champions league and it's just a completely... We have a salary cap here. There's way more confusing roster rules. A thing I'm against, but also a thing you have to deal with as a coach. Um, and... The just the the talent is much closer between all the teams. So it, the, the difference between the best in team and the worst in team is much smaller than the gap between the best and worst team in any of the leagues in Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's just a... It's a completely different beast to coach for. And I never got the sense, not to mention the style of play is also different. It's a lot more physical here, a lot more defensive minded. and Yeah, it just it felt to me he never really was able to adjust to coaching in the, in the WSL specifically.
3: Yeah, I mean, to me, one of the biggest things I, th- I think it, it, came, it became pretty clear that he he was not he was not going to be able to get the the best out of the talent that he had. It, it always felt like in some regards the team was was underperforming. Even starting the season, we were you know pretty optimistic about things. It just never seemed like it all you know it all came together. And he was always very I guess like rigid. He very much had his his players in mind, like personal selection. I know we complained a lot about Nadi and Nadim starting over Kirsten Davis. No nothing against Naughty. I just you know felt like Kirsten was probably oh, the. Yeah, was probably a better, um, better player, but he he stuck with Nadia. Um, you know, like just think about the production, or just all these players that went to the World Cup, what they did there versus. Uh, speaking of, did, did you see
2: Timby scored a brace last night for no, South Africa? I did not.
3: Good for her. See, yeah, yeah. It's just
2: another. I I think that World Cup is really what did him in this season. I think I think had had all those players not gone and just absolutely knocked it out of the park in that first round of the world cup. Uh, he might still have his job if they, even if they finish the same way they do, but it really, I think it really raised the bar for, for racing to have all of those players play so good individually in the world cup where you're like, there is no excuse for a team with all of those players on it to not make the playoffs.
3: Yeah. It, it really shined a light on, on that area of things. And I mean, there might've been insiders that may have noticed that before then, but I think for a lot of fans, it was, it was kind of eye opening for us, like the productivity that we could be getting from, from some of these players. I mean, to, to Kim's credit, he was, um, I mean, he was part of the staff to help bring in a lot of these players. So he was good on the roster construction side. I just think it was pretty much everything else he was not so good at. And, I'm glad it didn't, and we've made this comparison a number of times. I'm glad it didn't become a Marvin Lewis sort of situation where he was good enough not to get rid of, like just like barely hitting like a a kind of a a low bar, and then all of a sudden, 18 years later, he's still your your head coach, type of thing. Ugh. Oh, could you
2: imagine, Chacho Cinco, if they had coach to just let him do his thing? No, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just playing. I do want to talk about. I mean, you mentioned. Uh, the team has done really good with signing players. Uh, something I, I, we can get into this more when we do our our proper racing recap season episode. Listen for that whenever whenever the USL playoffs are finished. We're gonna do a a Louisville City and Racing recap pod. But so Kanu was the is the most that the team has spent to get a player. It's the biggest biggest signee that the team has made. Do you feel like for racing? Cause she had a good world cup for Nigeria, but for racing, do you feel like the team got what, what they needed out of her from, from the deal they signed? It, that feels like a, the biggest disappointment to me in the season was a, as big of a signing. That was, you know, I, I would have wanted a better season from her than we got.
3: Yeah. I, I don't I agree with you. I don't think the the ROI is quite there. Um maybe, maybe year two is, is kinder. Maybe there's just a like kind of a longer adjustment period. I like to keep in mind, like some of these players are coming from completely different cultures, countries, yeah. like speaking different languages, and there's a lot of like things to get up to speed on. And I think some players adapt to it faster than others. So I do like to try to give grace in those situations to a certain extent. I would have liked to have seen her come online a little bit quicker, but maybe it's, it's year two where she really shines. But um, I mean, you never know, like, yeah, like if, if an offer comes in for, for a player like her, like you have to kind of weigh your options at the same time as well. And you could say with a lot of other players on the team too, as far as what their needs are. I, I really don't feel like I have a good sense of what's going to happen this off season. Like, I feel like it could go, any number of ways. I think the the highest likelihood scenario is that this lo- roster is pretty much like largely untouched, untouched or unchanged. But maybe, I mean, I think there's also room for surprise, where maybe we do see some, uh, um, a, a couple moves that maybe we would not have anticipated. Um, and and I think that a lot of that's going to come down to, um, Ryan Dell and his his decision making, as well as whoever they bring in, um, for for the uh, the well and the expansion draft
2: throws a wrench into things too. yeah
3: no absolutely oh yeah that's just that's just a wild card in itself but um four of the team remains untouched coming in next season
2: i i I agree i would think i would venture to say i think it would be a mistake if the core of the team does not remain intact next season but they've already locked up a lot of the players too so that you're not i would not expect a lot of because a lot of players had options or signed new deals so Mm -hmm expansion draft is what it is, but as far as yeah. the players, it, most of the core is, is already signed for next season.
3: So, right. Yeah. yeah. And now, yeah, your your Savannah de Savannah your Jalen Howell's your Katie lunch there. Are, I don't expect anything happening there, but there is
2: absolutely no way that DeMello and Howell are available in that oh, yeah. expansion draft. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But like a lot of other players, like I just, I won't totally rule things out. I just think that there's a, there's enough like opportunity and reason for, for there maybe to be flux and 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 i don't think they'll necessarily be i don't think they'll necessarily be bad moves it's just kind of weighing like what the roi is because if if you know if player a gets a, a hefty offer you sent into the club i mean it, it, the club has to at least weigh their options you know maybe there's a need in another part of the pitch well, the, and it's worth investing in
2: i think the wild card as far as it if we see some moves made i would hope uh, fingers crossed the team needs another outside back desperately. Yeah. And, and so I would be okay with maybe losing some players that we would be surprised to lose if it means the team gets another quality outside back because it was, Lauren Millet had to play every single minute of the season. And then once Pickett got hurt, they had there was no one else. To, yeah. They had to really shift around players to try oh. to make do over there. Uh, I totally so that's, agree. that is the biggest uh if they do one thing that's off season, it needs to be signed another outside back.
3: Like just think of it this way. Like what if like a, a, a good trade offer comes in for like Kirsten Davis for like a, a proven outside back in the league, like, but you don't, instinctively say no in that scenario maybe you maybe you think it through what if maybe what if like a big money offer comes in for like Wong Shuang? like maybe we could afford to to part with her and use that money for another part of the pitch it's, it's things like that I wouldn't normally expect for like those two players for example but I think to, outside, to outside to of some sort
2: of package deal to to get another outside back I I think it's just going to be tinkering on the edges for
3: yeah, the most no, part. Yeah, no, yeah. There, there would have to be kind of a, a plan or an idea of what to do with it. It wouldn't be just like making money to like sit on it. Like I would expect for that to be pretty quickly turned around upon.
2: We'll get into that for offseason recap.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to talk it through. Um, Zach, was there anything else that we were needing to bring up? Any other news or notes? Or is it just the the exciting anticipation of the Eastern Conference Finals? Yet again. Yet again, inevitable. <laughs> yeah, man, that, I think that
2: covers it. I'm excited for this weekend.
3: Yeah, yeah, I am too. I'll try to send uh, pictures and whatnot. I'm curious. I'm excited to see the uh, the venue. You know, I've obviously seen it on TV. I'm just what it's like in person. I've been in that area before of Charleston. Like, they're like They have like a battleship like on the docks, like kind of over in that vicinity. Can I you bring me back there. some of that
2: yellow barbecue sauce? The the, mustard, the the South Carolina mustard barbecue sauce that that's all I need. I need a win well, in barbecue sauce.
3: I'll see what I can do for you. <laughs> it, that, it, it, we gotta make sure my flight doesn't get delayed. So I have enough time to get some barbecue sauce for you.
2: <laughs> I would. Uh, my wife's got delayed five and a half hours, so I don't want to scare you, but just be prepared.
3: <laughs> yeah, not knocking on wood. So I don't care if I get delayed coming home. It's it's going there. All right, we'll cut this thing short. we won't cut short. We'll we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Thank you guys so much for tuning and listening. We appreciate it. Hopefully, you guys are all excited and eager to to watch the game either from Saints from home. Maybe you're going to the match as well. Looking forward to it. I'm um, I'm excited to get back on the mic next week. Hopefully, talking about our trip to the finals. Fingers crossed. Maybe
2: not even a trip.
3: Maybe just a short trip town. to live for the finals. Yeah, yeah. All right, gang. We'll let you go. Thank care. Take care. Thank you. Vamos, Marados. Bye, you all.